Welcome to this week's episode of Chopped and Suze. I'm your host, Suze, or Suzanne, if you're nasty. Let's get started. So I'm going to start every podcast episode with a little series I like to call What's in My Double Cup. I get to share with you some of my favorite drinks or just what I've been drinking, sipping on this week. Um, it's inspired by the rap culture where you typically see two styrofoam cups stacked on top of each other. Um, just as a disclaimer, I do not condone the use of illegal or prescription drugs. So for today's What's in My Double Cup, I have the, <laughs> the best drink of all, a grapefruit white claw. Yep, that's right. Just your basic bitch drink. But... I have to elevate it a little bit since I've been quarantined and staying home. So I add a little splash of, a little splash, a little shot of grapefruit vodka. And I love Deep Eddie's. It is so smooth and literally you can't even taste it there. there. It's kind of dangerous. So that's what's in my double cup. Cheers. And I'd actually like to invite my special guest of the week to share what's in her double cup. So first I'll just say that this person is obviously very special to me in my life in general, but she's taken time to kick off this podcast with me and that's so amazing. And so I thank you so much for your time and I'm excited about this podcast, but without further ado, my special guest is my sister, Jana. Hi, Jana. Hey. So can you share what's in your double cup? Yes, in my double cup today, the I'm not sure which double cup you're drinking out of, but we do have the same double cups. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> as, uh, very similar to you, I have a, uh, it's the Three Olives Peach Vodka with a uh, peach bubbly mixer, so peachy keen oh, over yes, here. Yes, I love peach. Yeah. So are you actually drinking it out of, well, I just want to share. So we actually went to Eighth Wonder is a brewery here in Houston, and they do like an annual Scrooge Sunday. And the first time Jan and I went, they had these special pint glass cups that looks like two styrofoam cups. Are you actually drinking out of that cup? Yes, of course. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite is, cup. Yeah. And that is like truest. You came prepared for this podcast. You were like, oh, double cut, chopped and seized. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I uh, could possibly be wearing my Paul Wall shirt. Nobody knows. Shut up. No, I'm not. It's. Uh... I can tell you have your grill in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. By that, I mean you're Invisalign. <laughs> um, actually, I have my uh, Eighth Wonder double cup. Uh, on a shelf it's like a trophy you know why because Paul Wall signed it that was definitely coolest one of the coolest moments in Houston ever uh yeah I definitely agree Suzanne got in line to uh, Paul Wall was at eighth wonder did we know he was gonna be there I don't remember but anyways we saw him over there and we went over got in line and uh Suzanne made it up to the front and I think it's a pretty cool thing that (laughs) 
Paul Wall thought I was taking a picture, but I was taking a video. <laughs> so he's like frozen with his girl and it's like, oh, no. And he's like looking at me like, are you still taking did a picture? You, did, right. Well, and like, how awkward was I? You were pretty awkward. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure that's... I shook his hand, like, nice to meet you, sir. I know. (laughs) We were, like, talking before we were getting up there, like, what are we going to say? Oh, my God. Uh, He truly is the people's champ, though. He he handled it like a champ. He wasn't like, you're a loser. Next, please. (laughs) Oh, no. Gosh, yeah. He was so cool. Um, Really cool and smooth about it. And I just, I did the video because you can capture more pictures, you know, like, Yes, that is clutch. Like, if you're in a moment, don't... Because I'm the, I'm the worst, my eyes will be shut. You'll take one picture and my eyes will be shut. <laughs> yeah. And so when you do a video, you just, you know, can screenshot whatever looks good. And so... So I, hot tip for the podcast. <laughs> if there's a big moment like that, probably just go ahead and record it because you're probably yeah. going to... Somebody's going to screw up the picture. Probably me. <laughs> and and what's funny is I don't even remember if I did that on purpose or not. Um <laughs> It was but, awkward all around, but yeah. Paul Walls, Paul and then, really is the people's champ. He was. That was fun. Um, super fun. And then when we went the next time, Sophia and Joseph came with us, right? Yeah. Two of our really best friends came down. And Joe loves, like, screwed up click. He loves yeah. Houston rap. And that's that was, like, really cool for and, me and us, you know. Yeah. And it was fun to kind of expose Sophia, who is our you know childhood friend we grew up with in the dfw area i kind of felt like it was one of the first times we exposed her to like houston culture because you know just the vibe is was so like laid back and fun and like you know i feel like sophia really felt comfortable where um there's some places yeah Yeah. some places in the dfw where she just can't kind of cut loose and have fun like that but that's just what I love about Houston is just that everyone is so um, open to each other's differences. It's just a beautiful thing. And yeah, definitely like a sense of community. And, you know, the other thing is I-, I love taking out-of-town guests to 8th Wonder Brewery because it is a great representation of Houston culture at yeah. its finest. I mean, there are some places in Houston you could find where you're going to kind of feel that uptight energy, mm-hmm. but... Oh yeah, you're you're right. Majority of places, it's like you can go, you can be casual, you can have fun, and not worry about anybody wondering why you're not carrying a designer purse or what car you rolled up in or whatever. Like, or, it's, it's really laid back culture. Yeah, and you can why you know you're you can have a fat ass and feel good, looking about good it. with it, and you right. know instead of like feeling like, oh gosh, everybody in here's a skinny bitch, and right. I don't know. That's what I love. Yeah, <laughs> going out yeah. and feeling comfortable because I look around and I see other women that look like me and or or bigger than me and it makes me feel comfortable and so comfortable exactly especially and because the girl with the fattest ass is on the stage dancing yes and it's like they she, yeah she's getting positive support and energy in, instead of being shamed so we'll just go ahead and get right jump like right into you know like some of the things that we wanted to talk about it's a great segue so do you think that that has impacted I mean obviously it has but like you you're kind of talking about how that's kind of 
impacted in a positive way your body image and how you maybe now don't question like should I wear this or this doesn't look good on me because you've been out so many times and been like wow like everybody's just dressing how they want they're confident in themselves and just having a good time like ultimately we're all here just to you know at eighth wonder brewery we're all here just to drink beer listen to paul wall or any kind of you know chopped and screwed music and have a good time um so i mean yeah. how is that like positively how has that like changed your body image if any oh it has absolutely changed my body image for the positive i mean growing up in a small town just naturally you're you're going to be limited in in what you see um and i saw a lot of bodies that were very different from mine um and of course that you know as a teenager and someone growing up that makes you question your value if you don't look like everyone else and i just always had more curves and more meat on my bones and uh and then when I, you know, grew up and left my hometown and went to College Station where I went to college, um, a little Which bit. Also a really small town. Right. And so it grew a little bit there, you know, like being on campus at, um, at A&M, I did, you know, would start to see like, oh, yeah, there's more girls that look like me and there's guys talking to them. Oh, my gosh. You know, Um and then moving to Houston, I was like, whoa, there is every single body type everywhere and everyone loves each other. And um, it made a huge difference in how I felt about my body. And I also lost weight. And so that helped um, in college. I focused on working out and eating healthy. <laughs> and so I was definitely motivated by my body image, just wanting to feel better about how I felt about myself and um, fortunately my college roommate was a health nut and so I just jumped on her bandwagon and with a with having you know a friend that you lived with that was very self very oh, a conscious of what she put into her body and and working out I really learned from her um, how to make healthy choices to change your body instead of you know, some sort of like fad diet or pill. I mean, we literally just ate really healthy and worked out every day. And I lost probably about 30 to 40 pounds. And um, that made a big difference. I still feel like I am, you know, a, a curvy girl and I always will be. And Houston has made me love that about myself. So um, yeah, and you know, that's like, a point I was going to make, you know, is like, it is about balance, because, you know, you're talking about losing weight and stuff. And, and it, it's a balance, you know, you need to be healthy. But also, in, you know, we've talked about this before, like, don't deprive yourself of things that you love, like, life is too short to not just enjoy yourself and love life. Now, you have to everything has to be taken, you know, at, you know, a, a reasonable level, like, you can't be just like eating fast food and junk food and candy all the time, but those are good things that you can enjoy and there's nothing wrong with enjoying it. It's just have a little balance in your life and learn to make healthy decisions on other days. And just because you have Taco Bell once, you know, you don't need to go into like this body shaming guilt, um, which is what I tend to do. I will guilt myself after I, you know, have a delicious meal or a fast food unhealthy meal. Mm -hmm. Um, I guilt myself, but, um, you know, I think 
I think social media also plays like a big role in that because, excuse me, they're constantly, I mean, first of all, they're putting out images of the ideal, like that has been ingrained in this, like, this is an ideal woman, you know, body figure, and there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, because everybody's body is different. And that's what makes that person beautiful. Um, but also, you know, the selling of the TV and the, you know, flat tummy bullshit or whatever. And that's just, as you said, that's an unhealthy fad diet way of losing weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm glad that you like learned a healthy way to, to have just a healthy lifestyle. You know, you lost 30, 40 pounds. Like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if, I don't know when exactly when it was like in your college, um, career, but you know, there's they always call it the freshman 15. Um, right. Gosh, and it, and I was... started on like how that guilt <laughs> women, but like, you know, it's yeah. just like your, your whole life has changed. You're, you're now a, an independent woman, but um, I would imagine you were, you know, probably in your sophomore, junior, you know, third or fourth year of college. And you're like, okay, let me get my life back on track and, you know, start focusing on health, like healthy lifestyle. I mean, it was actually no. It was my freshman year. I was like, I will not be doing the freshman fifteen oh, because just... I had already gained qu- quite a bit of weight um, in my later years of high school, like junior senior year, because I quit playing basketball so mm. I could work more. And that eating those chilies and not playing basketball equaled <laughs> like thirty pounds. <laughs> right, and then even probably just like a, and you know, like grown woman, like body like you're not a little kid anymore where you can right and like run around and play and you don't gain weight somehow miraculously yeah that's what that was you I was like battling weight and you're over there eating like you were eating candy and Doritos like constantly and I'm just like if I eat that and I do I I have a a, I guess I don't know my body has changed a lot I think I I consider myself curvy now as well Mm -hmm. um but, you know, and just making making the point of that, it, it's it's society's, you know, view on on women and, and how we're brought up, because I always just felt tall and like lanky and like just uncoordinated. I mean, maybe I was kind of coordinated, but, you know, and I have like all these little all my friends who are literally six inches to a foot, you know, shorter than me. And yeah. I'm just towering over everybody. I'll never forget. And this wasn't even like adolescent years. This was like my maybe junior I don't know I think you were there so maybe it was like eighth grade and I wanted to wear heels like I wanted to have I wanted to be pretty you know at this like Mm -hmm. sports banquet Mm. that was like you know like I don't know the freaking Emmys or whatever it was was like the (laughs) Grammys high school yeah (laughs) and so I wanted to wear heels and you know granted maybe I should have looked for a heel you know a modest heel one inch two inch whatever but I got these like (laughs) wedge heels (laughs) and they're like okay everybody's together for a picture and I look down and Jessica is literally at my rib cage oh my god yeah not just like oh she's a head shorter than me it was like I had to completely tilt my head all the way down to just see her (laughs) she's like looking up at me I'm like I feel like I need to take you on a date or something (laughs) but do you think there's like an other the other side of it now because I feel like I've seen a lot of change in you know, this has been recognized as an issue, I think. And Mm -hmm. so you see models now, they have plus size models, they have not even plus size models, they have just real 
looking girl yeah women that just have normal bodies right and sometimes it's not even like their unique feature is not even about their body it's like they have a gap in their teeth or they have freckles or they you know i've even seen Mm -hmm. american eagle is one of the you know leading companies in that and they've even had people with medical disabilities Mm -hmm. so i mean it's just like as that you know, as that young woman who maybe has a curvy body or has freckles or gap teeth or has a medical condition, you have to identify with somebody. And so when you're seeing that in a model, it's like, okay, I'm right. kind of normal. Like they have this, this was a model like on Amer- wearing, you know, American Eagle clothes, like on the billboard. Like, so yeah. I'm, I guess there's something in, you know, kind of normal or even beautiful about me. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think while there is a lot of negative that we could talk about, I think there's also been like a lot of positive movement. Well, yeah. I mean, these memories are from like 20 years ago and yeah, there's lots (laughs) of stuff that has changed since then in, um, in body image for girls that I am so happy about. Um, And I hate to even say this, but like people like Beyonce and the Kardashians who are thicker people um they're like the the most famous bodies now everyone wants to have a body like Kim Kardashian because of her curves you know and whether or not they're real that that doesn't that's a whole other thing but I mean so it's it it, it has evolved you know in the early 2000s in the 90s you had models that were on cocaine and eating cotton balls or whatever yeah and they were sticks so that was like oh the ideal you know I'm gonna kind of go off at a tangent here and kind of tell a little funny story about remember that um when we Zumba at the 24-hour fitness and there's that older lady and she has no ass whatsoever and I I think I was like actually I don't think it was Zumba I think it was a, a body pump class I was doing and you know the girl the teacher she's got she's got a you know big muscular thighs big butt like she's a great great physique and she's like yeah so we're gonna focus on squats like these squats you want to build a big booty right and this old lady's hand pops up in the air <laughs> she's like what back in my day it was the thing it was not a thing you didn't want an ass at all I don't think she used the word ass but she, you yeah. didn't want a butt at all and it's just <laughs> funny because she's saying that and you look down and it's like literally straight as a board I'm like yeah well you should probably sit out on the squats then because the rest of us want an ass. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was so crazy how that... that and that's, I, that was like her culture and like what yeah. society made her as a woman feel like she needed. And it was no ass and, you know... Well, no fat friendly. at all. No fat right. at all on their bodies. Like, yeah, exactly. And that's just... I mean, I just want to say as a guy, I definitely don't want to have sex with that. But <laughs> as a guy, you want to say that? <laughs> yeah. Put my guy hat on. And... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm well, just like I mean, that's I not do... attractive. I don't know. Right. Maybe yeah. to some I... people it is. Exactly. Exactly. I was gonna say I do think it's important to just understand that everybody's beautiful in their own way. Now she's yeah. going out of her way to surgically remove the fat, liposuction, or not eating is a different conversation. But there are some women who just naturally don't have an ass or just naturally yeah. I, mean, I think of my friend Alyssa she is tiny oh, she has yeah. huge huge boobs yeah but I mean no ass no legs I mean just like long skinny noodle legs like that's it that's what she's got and yeah. she's beautiful and has no problem getting a guy and she doesn't have a whole you know big curves and fat right. thighs and a fat ass like 
choose. So, I mean, I think if, if, again, it goes back to that balance of you're living a healthy lifestyle and that is just your body naturally, mm-hmm. then I think you're beautiful. I think you're beautiful because you love yourself and you treat yourself right. And yeah, I mean, somebody, I, there's always somebody that's going to be attracted to somebody. <laughs> so don't even worry about that. For sure. Um, and I just think, um, I agree totally. It's just, it's all about how you feel about yourself. It's not like I went around through my adolescent years hating myself. It was just like, or my body rather, it was more of just, you know, when you're, it's hard when you're that age and you're away, I'm, you know, have always just been really mature. And so it with with my mind and my body, I guess, but um, it was just hard being aware of that, like, I didn't talk about it to anybody or say anything, but just being aware that I looked in certain things, it did get brought to my attention. Like when it, I remember in like fifth grade, a teacher saying, you know, our, my shorts are too short. And my, and mom was up there fighting for me. Like she's in fifth mm-hmm. grade and she's five, eight. Like yeah. she got her, her, she's got her grown woman body already. She can't help it. You know, right. I was not trying to be out there flashing my thighs and my Daisy Dukes. I'm just trying to wear shorts like a normal girl. Right. Yeah. But they look different on me because my legs were longer and thicker. And I just remember feeling, like, humiliated. Like, I don't want to look like this. I want to look like Haley in my shorts. But my legs don't look like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but fortunately, I had a mom that would fight for me. I don't know what how that ended I don't remember but I do remember mom coming up there trying to fight somebody for it because it made me feel so bad and and about something that I can't help you know and it's not like we had all the money in the world to go buy all these different shorts that fit the stupid requirement right a call to action for the listeners you should watch the show shrill on Hulu It's really great. And this is kind of like why, you know, Jan and I decided just to discuss this. Um, but you know, I was going to interject and say, you're the one with the tits. You're the one with the fat ass. You make the calls like you you're in charge. And so another call to action, any men listening to this, we're the ones with the tits. We're the ones with the ass. So, uh, you know, what we right. say goes. Well, yeah. And that's one of my favorite quotes from that show, Shrill. And uh, it's... Yeah. Um, that, I related so much to that. So, I mean, I don't even, I, I hope all women watch it no matter what their body is like. I hope, I hope like skinny women aren't like, eh, I just don't think I'll be into that. Cause like, I've never had that, but it's just more about um, this self-respect for your, right. and, and people of all body sizes don't have respect for themselves, unfortunately. And um, yeah, well, and like, body sizes but also um sexual orientation Mm -hmm. uh, you know gender identity like I feel like I feel like it's just I feel like anybody would relate to it and if you think oh I have no business watching that because I'm skinny like then you're fucking wrong (laughs) you're wrong (laughs) yeah um and and also you just don't like comedy because while there are some great (laughs) there are some great you know um, lessons lessons or like yeah like good good good, you know yeah lessons um it's also just a really funny show. So. It is really funny. I, I laughed out loud a lot. Yes. Um, for for anybody who doesn't know, it has Addie from SNL is this is the main actress, and so if you think yeah. SNL is funny or she's funny, then you'll definitely think it's funny. 
Yeah. I actually didn't even know her from SNL. I didn't, I didn't know her at all. I like, I watched it cause you were like, it's really funny. So and oh. in the first episode, you're going to be like, Oh, this is hilarious. Because yeah. First I like, great. I like when uh, seasons have a good first episode. Yes. If they yeah. don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be interested. Don't make me, me wait till the third or fourth episode I, to. It really, it really bothers me. Like I'll do it because because <laughs> it's quarantine but it bothers me i'm sitting yeah. here irritated <laughs> okay so call to action all the producers of television shows can we just get to the fucking point in right. episode one just hook us in episode one right. yeah right don't take but... advantage of us being, <laughs> being yeah. alone and isolated and not having shit else to do right uh well i also wanted to ask about so you recently read one of Drew Barrymore's books right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what because she has a couple books right yeah she has two memoirs and I love memoirs and um I like her I loved her I love her always have but the first uh so the first book that she wrote um I had actually had a really hard time getting a a copy of it because there's no digital versions there's no audio book I had to buy a paperback it was gosh so you know i don't know off the top of my head but she wrote it when she was 14 when she emancipated from her parents and she wrote about her experience with her crazy mom and the and her life leading up to when to the point where she herself at 14 thought my life will be better if i don't live with my mom wow i did not know that actually yes oh no yeah so so the one that, so that one's on the way. I found a paper copy um, in a bookstore in Seattle, thanks to Amazon, and so Seattle. Oh, of of course it was Seattle, right? And uh, can't wait to get it. And I'm gonna read that one. But the one I did read is called Wild uh, Wildflower. Okay. Um, and this is more recently published. I can't recall. I want to say like maybe five years ago. Yeah. Um, well, she has a a line. A beauty line, I think. Yeah. Called okay. Well, her her product her uh, flower films is like her production company, but then it turned into just flower, and then she has like separate sub companies based off of that, and one of them is her her beauty care line cool. for wildflowers. Yeah. So, but um, I guess what inspired me to read it was I recently watched the Santa Clarita Diet. Mm. and um love that show yeah but you have to like sci-fi zombie stuff if you want to watch I just want to say that people don't I didn't really know that until I started watching it yeah and I don't like I I tried to watch it and I was just kind of like this is weird (laughs) yeah I know and it was weird for me seeing her in that role because I've always just like never been kissed and ever after 50 first dates like that's you know some of my all-time favorite movies and that's how I saw her and then seeing her eat thought it was it was I mean I loved it I loved it and it just uh, re-ignited my interest in Drew Barrymore and so Mm -hmm. um but I really loved um the book and it kind of talks a little bit about her childhood and her past um but not so much, and that's why I'm really excited about the the other one. <clears throat> but, but yeah, basically, it's just her. Um, she calls it a memoir, and it's broken up into vignettes, which I like. It's not like a timeline of her life or anything. It's just 
she even said in her preface like these are just like snippets of things that I think are stories about my life that I think are important yeah and um but yeah she just she you know grew up in the the limelight after making ET when she was seven and her mom was just not uh ready or fit to be a mom and treated her like like she was a a friend like as, as an eight-year-old took her to club studio 54 and they're like everybody's doing coke around her uh, you know and so it she grew up kind of in that party lifestyle but it ended up costing her jobs like nobody wanted to to hire her to act and um she did some nude stuff and just like really kind of got out of control and um, not at 14 right no like, not okay that like building up to that but then so then built yeah so then at 14 she goes to court and, and gets emancipated to be her own legal guardian um and then she does have a little bit more of a wild streak there where she does some nude stuff with playboy and okay gotcha. um and steven spielberg actually is the one who kind of woke her up from that and oh. um he, yeah, I didn't know that, but he's like her film dad because her oh. real dad was uh, crazy. crazy and not she, in her life. Yeah, she like actually on Father's Day, she made a post that I was like, oh, wow, like about her father. And it was kind of like, uh, you know, and you, you, you've enjoyed this book and her, her life story so much because I think you identify a little bit. And, yeah. and that was something, you know, where I identified with with her. Uh, not so much about my dad although he does have his quirks, but um, about with my mom, you know, and, right. and her thing with, with about her dad was like something, I think along the lines of like, I spent a lot of my time wishing you fit the role of like what a dad's supposed to be. But I, you know, in my years I've learned like, that's not what made me who I am. And had you been that dad that is like, Oh, the ideal dad, I, I wouldn't be who I am. Like kind of just being like, yeah acknowledging and accepting who her father is um and and accepting that yeah with him being that way that's what's you know allowed her to be who she is today and that's something she should be proud of you know yeah and there's like a quote I tried to find it before we started this today um but there is a quote pretty much word for word where she says that like she's come she's at the come to the point where she's thankful for what she went through and and everything how kind of messed up her childhood was because of because um, like you said like she said like what it, it created it, what it taught yeah. her and and then now what's more important to her is what she's going to teach her daughters so she has right. two daughters now and she's just like if I went through everything that I went through just so that I can teach them the lessons and they don't have to have the life that I have then it was all worth it yeah and that's that me too and that's how I feel is like I feel like I can't wait to have my own kids and my own family because I'm gonna have it be everything that I wanted when I was a kid and um and yeah so her dad just he had issues with drugs and alcohol and just was kind of a nomad like she never knew where he was but every once in a while he would show up and she would just take him as she got him you know he would show up and they would have a wonderful couple days together and then she wouldn't see him for like three years um and so uh 
that was interesting that would just be so hard for me right I'm just like I'm a very structured person and like yeah yeah, I just but but yeah yeah, and I think you know like it's important to acknowledge too that like had I'm saying this you know with an underlying well feeling of my myself and that I maybe assume that you have is like oh you know I'm I'm 28 I'm about to be 29 and don't have kids or Mm -hmm. or potential you know yeah um but but I think it's important to acknowledge too that like I would not like I will be a great mom not only because you know of my age but my age has allowed me to accept that just as you know just as Drew has realized in her later years as well that like I can learn from this I can grow from this I don't have to hold you know anger or frustration in my heart um I can be a better mom because of it you know yeah and she was 36 when she had her first yeah and I just like also I'm hearing things like that too I I have a a friend who she had a baby just recently and she's 36 I think so at least I know you know I'm like I know someone that's like doing it living it right now and I'm like I'm fine yeah Tracy so (laughs) I appreciate that relationship you know and you and you as well yeah and then I mean not you not having kids but you seeing there are people that are 36 and just not having their first kid or whatever and I feel like it's the smart thing to do because one thing and that's another thing Drew talks about because she has one chapter two chapters one for each of her girls and she kind of talks about that of how she's she was glad that she um waited to have kids until she was at a point in her life where she could put all things besides herself first and and that's kind of what you have to do to be a great mom is sacrifice a lot and but you do it for your kids so that you know they grow up and have our successful people but the uh what what I wanted to mention from Wildflower from Drew Barrymore is that she, I I just related so much to so much that she shared, and that is another thing that that I really had said she was worried that she would never be able to relate to children if she had them because she did not have a normal childhood, and therefore couldn't reflect back on, oh yeah, when I was a kid I liked to do this because she was a kid in Studio Fifty Four mm-hmm. surrounded by Coke, you know, yeah. so. Right. Um, so she got really passionate about kids, uh, specifically in Africa, kids that were suffering, uh, born with AIDS and, mm. you know, destined to die. Um, she got uh, hooked up with the UN and um, went over to go help. And she just found herself visiting schools. And that's where she got, you know, found her interest in how she could help. And so she built the Barrymore Learning Academy. And um, a quote from the book that I wanted to share about that is she says, when she went back to go check on it, she says, there are already children there. And I played with the kids and I served them lunch. And through my learning of what they needed, I felt healed of something that I had always been painful to me. A kid who didn't know how to relate to kids, but not anymore. I could love freely. And that's after that trip and and that accomplishment is when she did have her children. And I just feel like that timeline for her is just probably not what it probably not what any little girl thinks her timeline will be, but it was a beautiful timeline and that she's making a difference um, for those kids and 
giving them the best education that they can get in their short lives um, to me is uh, something that I just love that she does because I've, you know, experienced that with kids that unfortunately have, I've had that had cancer or another disease. Mm. And, you know, we, my team, we worked really, really hard to make sure that they enjoyed every minute of their schooling um, because that's what we could do. You know, we weren't in control of anything else that we could control the fun learning that happened. And I just love that she, as an actress, you know, did that. And she said a lot of people were judging her for it, thinking she just wanted like, here's another celebrity coming over here trying to like look good. And um, she quickly proved them wrong that she wasn't about that at all. She didn't, I mean, I didn't even know that the, that this existed, you know? Right. Yeah. It wasn't it's, a big she, headline. She wasn't like putting it all over Instagram or anything like it wasn't about that at all. It was purely for the kids. And that's what my life's about. Um, I had two more quotes I wanted to share, not to, uh, you know, do too much about the book, but really yeah. quick. One of okay. them is for you Me. in particular, because of your love for Adam Sandler. Oh. And you know that, you know, they had a partner of a partnership um, mm-hmm. where they've done a lot of movies together. Um, her production group, Flower Films and his Happy Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, produced some of our favorite movies and um, you know like The Wedding Singer, Fifty First Dates but she sorry. They produced The Wedding Singer? Yes that was their that was their first movie together they were in it together and they produced it together oh wow. She went she just she said she just fell in love with him as a person from a distance and just randomly saw him in a coffee shop went up to him and was like we need to work together. I don't know what it is about you but there's something that's drawing me to you and we need to work together and like a month later he he gave her the script for um the wedding planner and he was like you and me let's do it and their their companies produced it and they starred in it and their chemistry was amazing and that was the beginning they're both two beautiful people I mean well and that's why this quote is for you she said at the very end of her chapter about Adam Sandler she says I once knew a boy named Adam and now I know a man named Adam. And trust me when I say he is as great as you want him to be. Yeah. Um, and she, now I'm like in love with him all over again. Right? And I just love that because I do have this idea that he's great. I've always been like, he's so funny and he's so nice and like probably a really good dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she, like she talks was like tooting his whistle the whole time. She was just like, he is everything great that you think he is and um she's just like sucks I look- to be you and not know him because <laughs> i right. get to kiss him on screen <laughs> yeah and she was just like <laughs> i just look forward to our their continued partnership like it's not over for them they're gonna she's like i hope we were playing like an old married couple one yes day. <laughs> and they will be and we'll be watching it in the yeah, theater <laughs> we will um hmm. and then the last quote is um kind of goes back to our first topic we talked about with the body image and stuff and okay it was when she um kind of at a turn it was when her production company flower films first started getting going and it was one of the very first films that they didn't actually produce it but they were allowed to shadow and kind of like learn how to produce um but it was the movie ever after and Mm. she starred in it and it's like a spinoff of cinderella um if you're not familiar but the she ends up saving herself and she saves the night. You know, it's she, they totally put a spin on this idea of the damsel in distress being rescued by the man and 
flip it and she's the one that rescues not only herself but the man who's supposed to rescue her right um women empowerment yes and so the quote for that one was rescue yourself it empowered me and made me realize that we can be conditioned to become things or i'm sorry we can be conditioned to believe things are one way but then later in life be set free to understand that they can be different you can be a warrior and be full of grace and class so every little girl's dream you cannot deny it for the most part is like to be a princess or just to be this like beautiful, graceful, glamorous person. But you also like, there's, you can still be that and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be that, but you can also be your own savior and be your, uh, be a warrior, be a soldier and be a fighter and do so looking you know beautiful or not looking beautiful however you want to do it yeah Um, well and that like I mean really resonates with me uh, and not to go off on another subject so uh, we're booking another episode (laughs) (laughs) but you know uh, like having served in the military and Mm -hmm. and have grace and you know be very feminine but also like kick ass a kick ass yeah yeah, and like do shit that maybe is typically seen as man and again I think this is like a great positive thing for body image and like the image you know or the pressures that society puts on women of just like oh I'm dainty and like can't lift a finger and right. like nowadays women are like um move aside and let yeah. me pick this up or I got it or no I don't need help and I mean yeah it's feminism at its finest so right. and I think um Drew Barrymore is a, a great representation of that because she is beautiful and she is grace like you know graceful mm-hmm. and classy um but you know reading her book you see that she's a warrior she's been through well, a lot so leading into our, our next topic because every podcast um along with what's in my double cup i'm gonna do a music highlight um and this is just like sharing great music with the listeners um uh, obviously chopped and soothed again inspired by rap culture it's not always going to be rap um it's just going to be good music that i that i hope you take a listen to um and explore and maybe you know broaden your horizons but obviously with my guest in mind uh and it being the first episode of chopped and sues based here in houston texas what what else could i do like i think of a couple other things but it just seemed perfect (laughs) it just seemed perfect to do Travis Scott's Astro World and really? the whole album. Like you just have to listen to the whole album. I'm not going to name one one specific song. Okay, I lied. I'm going to name three specific songs. <laughs> <laughs> First, obviously, uh, I have to call out that he has a song on there called "Rest in Peace, Screw." R.I.P. Screw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to give a shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, DJ Screw, who has influenced me as an individual, which is crazy. Um, but the rap industry mm-hmm. that's so crazy to me that's why he's a myth and a legend to me because um yeah he so dj screw for the listeners who don't know dj screw um created the chopped and screwed music style rap style that kind of slows it down um again what's in my double cup we're taking it slow um lean back and and just enjoy the music so it's just crazy to me that um, DJ Screw is kind of like the one known person that brought music from the South, specifically Texas, 
um, onto the map. So you had West Coast with Tupac and Snoop Dogg, and you had East Coast with Biggie and, and Diddy, probably a million others that I could name. Um, but uh, DJ Screw and the Screwed Up Click really brought put Houston on the map. So anyway, rest in peace, Screw, on Travis Scott's uh, Astral World album, one you should listen to. But mm-hmm. the ultimate favorite between myself and Jana is kind of a, a combo of um it should just be one song it should it should really be one song but it would be really long but there's a song called (laughs) called wake up you got to listen to it all the way through but our favorite part is how it fades into the next song which is called five percent tent um which is again is a reference to kind of a rap theme culture theme of having dark tent on your window so nobody can see you on your slab yeah travis Um, scott killed it if i if I could add um, Stargazing, one oh. of my favorites, at the okay. concert. Remember at World, they had, like, that dome set up oh. that we could go inside? And yeah, like, we probably should back it all the way up and yeah. talk about World because... Yeah. Okay, where do I start? So, Travis Scott, <laughs> 1992. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> but Travis Scott, you know, I guess I should say this. But he is from Houston area, um, Mo City, Missouri City, yeah. uh, which is in the Houston area. And uh, he has another album. Is it Rodeo? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's got that. A couple other albums. But, I mean, Astro World is where I became to love him. Um, and Astro World was also an amusement park in Houston, mm-hmm. which I never got to experience. But I guess think Six Flags, but in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they tore it down for various reasons, whatever reason. Um, but that's a big part of, I guess that was a big part of Travis Scott's childhood. And so when they tore it down, it's kind of like, wow. You know, kind of like, yeah. like taking a piece of my childhood, childhood. and just tearing yeah. it down. And um, so he, he has this album. And then later announced that he was going to do an Astral World Festival, well, an Astral World tour, obviously, for the album. But when he came to Houston, it was going to be a festival. And he would have multiple artists there. And he was going to clear out the, you know, NRG uh, stadium. Where, where Astro World used to be. Where Astro World used to be. He was going to have, I don't know, Ferris wheels. I mean, there's all these rumors coming out. And it's like, what? That, that tour, Astro World tour, he was, that was the notable one where he's putting a roller coaster type thing mm-hmm. on the stage and riding it, locking himself in. He's the only one on the roller coaster, and you know, he, he's riding it as he's rapping, uh, which is so dope. So dope. Um, but so yeah, he comes. He comes here. I, initially, I saw the tickets, but I'm like, meh. I don't know what I was thinking, honestly. Well, no. Moment. Remember, we didn't. They didn't release who was gonna. We were like, I, we're not. We didn't know who was gonna be there, and we weren't right. gonna spend exactly. a ridiculous amount of money if if it was like nobody else exactly like we love travis scott but like what am i paying for but then the day before they announced the day before the festival the concert they announced the lineup and it's lil wayne post malone <laughs> post malone ray schwimmer uh who else uh, i think yg or i don't remember actually those are the top three and <laughs> for me i'm sold <laughs> i was sold at lil wayne i was sold at lil wayne yeah, because I personally have only got to see him one one other time. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have so many we have so many stories. We're gonna have to have a couple other episodes, but um, yeah. So we ended up buying tickets. I think the tickets were were they three hundred fifty total, or was it three hundred fifty each? 
I, it was three fifty each. It was a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um, but it's I mean, the most if you think money I've spent on a concert. Yeah. yeah, I think. But if you think about it, you're getting Travis Scott, well, Lorraine, yeah. and Post Malone. You could stop there, and it's like, well, those that's a hundred dollar each like, concert. Exactly. That's so why worth I it. wasn't tripping about that at all because it was definitely worth it. And it and the the grounds opened at like noon, which was crazy. There was yeah. no. There were so many people there. You couldn't get phone service. Yeah. It was forever a line to get in to do anything. But they had this, like, astrodome is what I'm going to call it. But it was mm-hmm. like a dome. You go inside. And Jan and I just got in line. We're like, I don't even know what I'm standing <laughs> we didn't in line know for. What. <laughs> but you just, like, you're, like, accepting that whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to wait in line. So let's just stand in this line. Let's do it. So we wait in line all the way up. And it turns out you go in. And they're playing stargazing. And it's just like this out of, I, I, I had like an out of body experience. I mean, it really wasn't, it wasn't that I super do. special, like resharing it. But like they had video games kind of around so you could play. But Jan and I were like one of the first ones in. So we grabbed these like bean bags they had in there. You could just kind of lay back on the floor. And they had just kind of like, I don't know, how would you, how would you describe it? Just like a, the music video, but like, it was like 3D, was like psychedelic. They psychedelic. Were trying, yes. He was that I, they were trying to create, like, if you were on shrooms, you didn't even have to be on shrooms to right, feel like you like, were tripping yeah, in there. Yeah. Like a trip. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, they're let you in there for like probably three minutes. Jan and I are just laying listening to that song. I mean, that will forever like be in my memory when I listen yeah. to that song. Me too. Um, and then they're like, okay, next. Like, out. Yeah. Everybody out. They're trying to get everybody. There was like, what, 17,000 people there? Or? Yeah, close to no. 20,000. Was it? Yeah. Because, I mean, I know, I know, I'm thinking, was it more? I It could have been more. I think it was hard for, I don't, I don't remember. We'd have to look up the ticket sales because it, like you said, it was like a started at 12 o'clock thing. So there yeah. are people coming and going like all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was also hilarious to see like people using, trying to use like counterfeit tickets or something to get in. I mean, this was like yeah. sellout. People were desperate oh, to get in. God. Kids, yeah. The twins were like spending their last penny to try I to get a ticket. I will give my firstborn child. Try, like, whatever <laughs> to get a ticket. Um, and it was, gosh, it was a lot of fun. We just, so anyway, back to Music Highlight mm-hmm. of the Week. So there's yes. a little snippet for the listeners of our experience with World the festival. And you can't not just, like, feel that Shake shit. Shake your ass. You're just like, yeah. oh, man, that feels good. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that'll be a wrap for this week's episode. Um, so thank you so much, Jana, for joining, sharing so much of yourself um obviously with me but also the listeners i had so much fun we're definitely going to do it again because we have more shit to talk about but tune in next week for the next episode thanks and cut (laughs) (laughs) yay i didn't know how to end it (laughs) should we do that again okay no yeah you did good okay cool